0: Welcome to Ghostly. I'm
1: Pat. And I'm Rebecca.
0: And this episode is going to be about the Italian Bride. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever heard the story of the Italian Bride?
1: I hadn't until I was doing research for potential stories for the podcast. And the second I read it, I knew this was when we had to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was all when we went to Mount Carmel Cemetery. Uh, You kind of talked me into doing this and going there. It was really creepy.
1: Yeah. Very creepy.
0: And you know what else is creepy? What's that? the results that we got <gasps> from episode one?
1: All right.
0: So we asked a very important question:
1: mm-hmm.
0: Is Resurrection Mary real? Which, by the way, I have to say that the last episode was probably one of the best that we've ever recorded. Oh,
1: right. I mean, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. of all the
1: one that we've recorded,
0: yeah, yeah, that was that was the best it thus was. far.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what did uh, what what did the people say?
0: Oh, you want to know what the people said, huh? Yes, I do. Well, the people they sided with me.
1: What do you mean?
0: Yeah, uh, is resurrection Mary real? 66.67 of the people said no. What? And that leaves 33.33 for you.
1: Okay, Ghost fans, I need your help. I need you to go and vote in these polls. We cannot let the non-believers Win,
0: yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna win because uh, going back to our original poll questions, mm. do you believe in ghosts? Mm-hmm. Guess how many people said yes: forty-two point eight six percent of them.
1: Oh wow! So
0: that leaves fifty-seven point one four saying no. Oh, I think I've turned a couple people here.
1: I uh, maybe. All right. Well, we'll we'll just see. We'll we'll see what happens. Please, after listening to this episode, go vote in the polls. We definitely want to talk about those at the beginning of every episode. And the more people that vote, the better uh, uh, better chances that I'll win.
0: <laughs> yeah, you think, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, you're going to win any of these. Uh, also, we asked people if they've ever heard of the Italian Bride before. Mm-hmm. And 62.5 said no. Oh, great. So that leaves 37 and a half. That said yes.
1: Okay. Well, so this will be new for all of us. Very absolutely. Exciting.
0: Absolutely. But it is a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh I got to say uh I I wasn't I, I didn't think I would I would um, be as surprised as I am by it. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, um maybe I should read the story then.
1: Yes, let's start with the story.
0: So, the story comes from atlasobscura.com. And we always try to read a story from somebody else because we don't want to um, change the debate in any way. We want to have a unified story that we could both agree on before we start. Yes. So, Julia Bicola Petta died at the age of 29 after giving birth to a stillborn son. She was buried in her wedding dress in a Catholic cemetery that's popular among Italians in and around Chicago. While her life was unremarkable, her death provided otherwise. The story goes that Julia's mother was plagued by nightmares of her recently deceased daughter. And in these nightmares, Julia asked that she be exhumed. After six years of trying, the family was granted permission to dig her up. Though it's unclear how exactly they managed to get their request approved, they believe that it was a sympathetic judge. Um, but upon opening the casket, they found their body was intact. And Julia's corpse showed few signs of, of deterioration. Though so the stillborn son that she was buried with had completely decomposed. Julia's mother took a six-year post-mortem photograph of Julia in her coffin and had it placed on a new tomb. A statue of Julia in her wedding gown was constructed and two pictures were placed on the tombstone. The first is of her on her wedding day. The image of the statue uh, is molded after that. And below it is the photograph of her exhumed body. The statue earned the tomb its nickname of the Italian bride. What do you think of all that?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's a great story. What year was it that she was first buried?
0: Yeah, she was first buried in 1921.
1: Okay. And then, six years later, or well, then the mom started to have these nightmares or visitations from her daughter that she was restless and wanted her that she i don't know was for some reason, the mom interpreted these visits as something that her daughter was was not happy, and so, after six years was able to get them to dig her up, and when they dug her up, she looked like she hadn't changed. At all. She looked like she did when she was first buried six years before.
0: Yeah. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And um what about what makes this a ghost story? What uh what did you find about that?
1: Well so well, first of all, the ghost part would be that she was visited by her daughter in her dreams, so there's definitely kind of a, a gray area there. Um, but that that she was visited. The other, uh and I can Tell the stories a little bit more if you'd like. But basically, through the years, people have seen a woman in white walking in the cemetery.
0: Another woman in white.
1: Mm-hmm. Are all
0: ghosts wearing white now?
1: Uh, it must be the trend.
0: It must be. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least Chicago area women ghost. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this is a really interesting story. And uh, we're going to go into a much larger debate right after this.
1: Hey there, True Believers, this is David Hickney, host of Freak of the Week. We're coming
0: back. Season 2, October 26th. Some of the things we're going to talk about this season. Aliens, public television ghosts, the Squirrel Lord, the mole people who have my wife, Sheila. If you talk to them, tell them I'm coming for them. So join me, and yes, my sister, Elizabeth Marin, is going to be back. Join us both. October 26th, Freak of the Week, Season 2, out there, True Believers. All right. I think it's time for us to get into a little bit of a debate. Okay. What do you think?
1: All right, let's 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 hash this out.
0: Okay. So, the first thing that I would like to talk about is the mother. Okay. What's the mother's name?
1: Philomena.
0: Philomena, That's a that's a hard one for me to say. It's not a typical name.
1: <laughs> it's Italian.
0: It's definitely Italian. Yeah, so um what do you think of her dreams?
1: I think that her daughter was was in her mind I, you know and i this is where we get into i think a bit of a gray area of what you know was it really Philomena's restless spirit or julia I'm sorry was it julia's restless spirit that was visiting her mother or was it is there some sort of i don't know obviously the mother was troubled in some way, and it manifested itself as as dreams um i you know, I have to say this one is is a hard one for me because i I do think it seems odd um well, so let me say this. I've read a couple things some stories say that the mother's dreams started right away, but some of the children claim that the dreams didn't start until they moved to California,
0: yeah, that's a very interesting um bit of information there so um they moved to um l a at about nineteen twenty six which was a year after julia's um ex or belated or whatever mm-hmm. husband matthew Petta, mm-hmm. uh, he got he got remarried mm-hmm. so it's very interesting timing on that and um also it's really interesting because um that was about the time that Julia's brother, Henry, started making some real good money and could afford to exhume a body and to build this elaborate tomb, which if you ever see it, and we will definitely post pictures, to be there in person, though, it is it something. Is, it is something, it yeah, is it, something to it see. it
1: is really beautiful. Well, I guess part of it is, so if it really was the mother, because there some stories where they say that, that Philomena felt guilt because she didn't believe in doctors and she had encouraged her daughter not to to see the doctors and um or that she didn't like the husband and uh, there's i don't know just kind yeah. of various thoughts but to me if she really didn't start having these visions until they moved away that's actually more i don't know evidence to me that it maybe was Julia's spirit because i mean if it was if the mother felt guilty it would have been happening the whole time yeah but the fact that it waits five years or four and a half years whatever it is until it starts to me just makes me think you know that maybe julia was upset that they left her there
0: well i mean you covered kind of two points with this and i'd like to say that um when a loved one dies it's very common to have dreams about the person and dreams that the person is still alive or that they're going to come back to life. It's a very common psychological thing to, you know, to happen. It's sure. part of the grieving process. Um, so that part doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. But what, what I would like to add to this debate, though, is that um, Julia was reported to be buried in the Peta family plot, which with Matthew getting remarried a year before, and that's about when the dream started for uh, Philomena. Um, it kind of makes me think that she just wanted to get her out of there.
1: Yeah, though it was interesting. I was reading, there's no evidence at the cemetery that she was ever buried anywhere other than where she is now. I mean, there may be a different tombstone, or so it's very, it's weird that there's not necessarily direct proof that people can find today, anyways, yeah. that say that she was buried somewhere else but she must have been i mean else why why not just put a new tombstone up
0: yeah and um another thing though that i you know came across and when we were there i made sure to pay attention to uh is that on julia's new tomb which is the one that we see which Mm -hmm. you know was put up in 1926 27 ish Mm -hmm. um it does not mention peta at all
1: no, his name is not on there. Though she is shown in her wedding dress on the day that she married him. Yeah, which I thought. Would was she odd. get
0: married to? It doesn't have any reference to that. No, and um, you know, they were about to have a child together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so the child thing too also brings up a kind of interesting point that I don't want to get too too in depth with because we might actually do an episode about it. But at the time when Julia and Philomona. Um, moved here from Palermo, Italy, um, the exact same year, there was this whole big story going around in the whole house. Oh, um, yeah. Which was a home for uh, immigrants, and and especially women. Um, Mm -hmm. It was called the Devil Baby Story. Mm. And, you know, as I said, it happened exactly the same year. And what it was is that um, they... There was a rumor that uh, a baby was born that looked very much like a devil. It had horns, hooves, and red scaly skin. Mm. Yeah. And it was born to a mother that married a man whose religion was not the same as her own. Oh, wow. So this story could have really influenced uh, Philomena. I don't know if Matthew's religion was different. There's no... um, there's there's nothing that says which religion you know he was. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that Julia was um, Roman Roman Catholic, given that she was buried in Mount Carmel Cemetery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, did you have any details about Mount Carmel Cemetery?
1: I got to tell you, Mount Carmel Cemetery is is pretty interesting. Yeah, the, the, my my favorite piece of information that I found is that it's where Mrs O'Leary is buried, Aww. as in like Chicago Fire Mrs O'Leary cow tipped over the lantern. Yeah. The whole story i love it um and then also of course the most famous resident at, other than the italian bride is al capone
0: actually he's he's not there anymore he <laughs> he was uh, he was initially buried there yes but he was moved to a grave with a different name on it in another mm-hmm. cemetery because um there were people trying to vandalize his mm-hmm. um His his remains. Yeah. But, okay, so Monk Carmel was originally um, consecrated in 1901, and um, there happens to be a lot of famous people in there, especially for the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of archbishops, cardinals, and bishops. Uh, There's actually a mausoleum of the bishops and archbishops of Chicago, and that was constructed between 1905 and 1912. Giving more credence to to the concept or the idea that uh, Julia was probably Roman Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, well, we talked about that.
1: Do you, yeah, you want to talk about the actual the exhumation and the body? And yeah, yeah, all that's of where that? I was going to go next. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, they exhumed the body. Um, we cannot find any record that they did do this, though. Mm-hmm. except for the picture that is on that is on her tomb. And there's no way of saying that it was 6 years after she died. Mm-hmm. Uh although the coffin is a little bit um little bit decomposed even though she's not. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Well, but, I mean the photograph if you most if you look at it, you know, you can see that it there's fresh dirt around yes, it. Yes. You can see that it's worn. I mean, yeah. it's not a, like a new coffin. There is no baby in her arms yeah. right um you know and it really makes it seem just looking at it it to me it it looks like everything other than than the body is 6 years old
0: yeah well you know i would like to say that um in the picture and i've looked at the picture a lot um that yes there is no signs of her uh, decomposing in her face But in her arms, there definitely is. I mean, it's not skeletal, which you would probably expect after six years, but definitely it's starting to deteriorate. Um, I'd I'd like to get into a little bit about embalming, if you don't mind. So my first thought is that this might be um, like some kind of mummification. Um, And by the way... um, while doing research for this, I had this sudden realization that if I am ever um, being suspected of any violent crimes, if they search my browser history, oh my god,
1: I'm, I'm probably
0: going to be put in jail. So I need all you ghostly fans to come to my rescue. Then, um, so I'm I'm going to rule out mummification because the skin would be leather-like. Uh, you guys have seen mummies and stuff; it, it it's always like a leather. Um, kind of skin, and there were and there were reports from people who touched the body of Julia mm-hmm. and probably more her face that her skin was very soft. Yes. Um, now the soil that is in the six year after death picture mm-hmm. looked to be very clay like to me. Mm-hmm. It well, was around
1: here that would be. Yeah, exactly. Likely.
0: And this can actually slow the um slow the decomposition process, especially if it was an, if it was an airtight coffin. Um, so, let me get into the history of embalming, which I, I believe is more the secret to the Italian bride. Mm. Um, so, embalming the dead really started in the U.S. around the time of the Civil War. Uh, I didn't know this. Um, I, I discovered this and it makes a lot of sense. Be, um, because before embalming bodies, the dead would be thrown into some ditch near the site of the battle and were often left decomposing. Mm. And it's not the way you really want to send a body back to the family.
1: Well, especially, right, a soldier, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Somebody that, um, you know, fought for their country. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was, of course, before refrigeration really became a thing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy, his name was Dr. Thomas Holmes, and he was commissioned to embalm the bodies of over 4,000 soldiers that died while serving their country during the Civil War. And Abraham Lincoln ordered that Union soldiers be embalmed so that they could be returned to their family and loved ones for proper funeral services. Mm. That was really nice of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Thomas Holmes went on to offer his services after the Civil War to anyone that wanted this done for a hundred dollars. Seems pretty reasonable.
1: Yeah, I would. I, well, <laughs> to us today, mm. I'm pretty sure back then hundred dollars was a lot more. Yeah,
0: some people made like twenty cents a week. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when when Lincoln's son uh, Willie, who was eleven years old, died. Uh, he had his body embalmed, and three years later, when he was assassinated, Lincoln's own remains were embalmed wow. so that people could view this, uh, his body during the funeral service. Mm-hmm. And he was moved from Washington D.C. to his final resting spot of Springfield, Springfield, Illinois, by train. Oh yes, yeah, and they and they made stops, and people, you know, people paid their respects. It was kind of like a mobile funeral. Mm. Um, people. In that day and age, embalming was not very common. But people were amazed at how lifelike he looked. And many actually reached out and touched his face. Kind of similar to what they did with yeah, with, uh, yeah, with um, Julia. Um, they remarked on how soft his skin was. This was the first time that most Americans saw an embalmed body. And it quickly became a national sensation. Embalming is really only meant to keep a body from decomposing for about a week. But in those early days, there were different chemicals that were used, like some like some arson and stuff, um, and um, they were just starting to regulate the process. Mm. And I believe that Julia was um, more preserved because they used other, other chemicals that were not common in the embalming process that we have today.
1: Mm. So, okay, I think this is an interesting idea, and especially when you look at the pictures of Lincoln and then you look at the pictures of Julia, there definitely are some similarities. Yeah, definitely. Though, though they say Lincoln was more coppery looking, um, that, you know, which Julia, that was not anything that anyone said. Here's my question with that. I think the idea of over-embalming or using different chemicals is, a, is an interesting one. But why wouldn't they have used that on the baby? Like you would think they would have done the same to the baby that they would to the mom.
0: No, actually, to me it makes perfect sense. Uh, A baby is a lot smaller, and um, the smaller that you are, the faster that you're gonna you're gonna decompose. Um, It's just science, you know. Um, In fact, um, really large people when they when they are buried they they decompose from the inside out. So it's a much different process, mm-hmm. uh, whereas people that are of good good health by today's standards, you know, decompose in a more more common way that you would expect hmm. again, without, without getting gross yeah, and into I know, too we don't get too many
1: details. Well, I'm about to get a little gross, but yeah. Uh, but I just, again, I just, I don't understand why they wouldn't use the same, if it's the embalming fluid is what helped preserve her. It just seems like it might have done more for the baby. I don't know. That they would have done the same thing. Well, I'm
0: not even sure that they um, that they embalmed the baby. Oh wow! They they might not have.
1: Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, I have another theory. Okay. Of why and and this might be surprising to listeners. I know that I am the believer on this podcast, but I want it to be clear that I am not. I'm never going to argue on the side of belief just to be the opposite. That I. Um, I am a skeptic in my own way. I certainly do not just accept stories, you know, on on the surface, right? So I have another scientific reason that she could have been so preserved. So there is a, a phenomenon, and I am going to try my best to pronounce it, <laughs> called hmm. uh, adipocere, or adiposaire. Sounds very Italian. Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, I don't know Adiposaire, hmm. Maybe French um where or another uh word is like grave wax or corpse wax uh, yeah i've heard it you as heard corpse wax heard of that yeah. yeah so basically there's and we actually don't scientifically for sure know how or why this happens but it's essentially where the body is well preserved um by turning into to, i guess it's wax or some people call it cheese it's, yeah. yeah, it's really gross, I'm sorry to say. Um, and I
0: tried to be so careful in my wording. Yes, so I know, I'm sorry,
1: out. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But basically, it's like the way that the fatty tissues in our body decompose, um, and that and depending on the embalming and the materials surrounding the corpse and all of that, um, that it just it just kind of... Uh, I guess it turns to wax as opposed to actually decomposing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard. To, again, there's there's lots of science where you can bacteria and triglycerides and all sorts of fancy scientific words. But, uh, you know. I like to
0: just throw in trans fat.
1: There you go. Just to yeah. throw it in there. Yeah, because yeah, that's that always a good, a, a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, but it, it, as long as the body is kept from insects and and other things if the if the casket was really tight um then that is something that can happen
0: well did you know that um the cabinet makers and carpenters used to uh construct the the uh caskets until it became more uh regulated and then it became a thing for like the undertakers they used to sell them too so uh, the Undertakers really took on that. It, it it became a profession at around this time.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. you know,
0: I I don't know if I know. really support the corpse wax thing because um, people touched her face and it was soft, and well, waxing, that's more like it would be soft. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think they would remark that it w- it felt like a candle or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I well, mean, we it don't seems, know. Maybe
1: they did, and we just don't have record of it.
0: It seems more. Like the Lincoln story, which Lincoln was overly, overly embalmed.
1: Right. But that wasn't six years after his death. It was like six months.
0: We don't know. It could be a government conspiracy.
1: Ah, possible. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. So I think we covered that part. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to probably say in this that, yes, I believe the picture was probably taken six years after she died. Uh, Yes, she was. She was incorruptible um that's um that's a big term in the roman roman catholic church they use that when they're trying to um decide if someone's a saint that's one of the requirements
1: well and and when they see that a body is not decomposing they yeah. can still say that it's
0: yeah that like, it's yeah, that, that yeah, it's incorruptible but um i i don't think that this makes this a huge ghost story well. so I think we need to get into what makes this a ghost story.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so I well I have made my argument as to why maybe Julia was visiting her mother, but yes, this we have the last the last part uh, where I mentioned there are some sightings. So where this cemetery is is right across from a high school. You know um, the name of that high school? Proviso West High School
0: shout out to anyone improviso if there they want to write us and let us know about it.
1: Yeah, if you if you go to West and you know some stories or you've seen her, definitely let us know. Uh so I've got one story that I found that was pretty a little more detailed that I thought was was a little scary to hear. Um and this is from uh seeks ghost blog. Um all right, in 1976 um there was a ghost, sight, ghost sighting that ended at a, a after a school dance that was being held uh or happened, sorry, after a school dance that was uh held for Halloween. So a carload of students driving down the street was startled to see a girl walking through the tombstones. They stopped their car to get a better view. At first they just thought someone was playing a Halloween prank, but as they watched it became clear it wasn't. I am assuming maybe they saw her Floating or walking through things. Um, They realized that despite the rain coming down, this girl who was 30 feet from their car was completely dry. Her hair and clothes were untouched. And so they left. (laughs) Hmm. Um, The hillside, which is where the, the cemetery is, their police department has taken some unusual reports connected to this haunting. One common report um, is that people see strange objects floating around in the cemetery. I'm assuming maybe when they take photos, to um, you know, they might see some of those floaters, those orbs, orbs. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, so let's see. Her ghost is most often seen at the entrance where she's buried. Obviously, um, people walking past this area late at night report seeing her wearing a wedding gown that seems to glow. Um, a strange bright light was also spotted in 1978, illuminating her gravesite. site. Um, and then uh, this one, I've only seen this in one spot, but this this particular source claims that witnesses have reported smelling the scent of tea roses at her gravesite, and they smell this aroma in the wintertime when there were no flowers anywhere. Uh, and then there's one more story that you'll see around, and this one's a, a quick one, but supposedly a young boy got lost in the cemetery. And told his parents that a pretty lady wearing a wedding dress helped him find his parents.
0: Well, what I actually heard about that last story Mm -hmm. was that they accidentally left him at the cemetery. (laughs) And when they came back hours later, these Mm -hmm. are really great parents, by the way. Yeah. When they came back hours later, uh, they saw him holding the hands of a woman in a wedding dress. And Mm -hmm. then he let go of her hand. And he ran towards them, and she disappeared. They Very, always disappear. They yeah.
1: always disappear before you can question them.
0: So what I'm going to say about all this is um, if you put a cemetery across the street from a high school, mm-hmm. you're going to have people in the high school say that they saw things. They're messing with their friends. I mean, I did that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I mean, my high school was not that far from a grave yard yeah but was it
0: right across the street it
1: was not right across the street but it was just down the street not very far and we would sometimes walk by it and i that we never made up stories about being ghosts
0: yeah i'm i'm sure these are coming from mostly boys too and boys like to scare other boys (laughs) that's that's kind of what we do Ah. um i don't really see that there's much evidence to this and none of those people um that i've read stories about have names Their names are just taken off to protect the innocent, I guess. I guess. Uh, So there's no way to confirm any of these things. I'm going to say that this maybe isn't even a ghost story. This is just a story of some, um, some mentally ill mother after her daughter died, which is, you know, I totally understand that. I mean... You're going to be really, really distraught if your daughter dies, especially, you know, she was 29 years old. I think 29, right? Yeah,
1: 29 and died in childbirth.
0: Which was actually kind of late for uh, a woman to get married, too, in those days. Yeah. Um, But you're going to be really, really distraught. So I get that. And I just think it just so happened that, you know, when they opened up the casket, they, they had some good luck that she was not decomposing. And that was really good for Philomena because she, um, I, I know that she was trying to get her, um, I don't know what the term is, sanctified? Mm. You know, I think that's from a Marvin Gaye song, though, or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, I, I don't believe any of these ghost stories. I, I, I don't. And I have, I have very little evidence against it because there's no names of these people. Mm-hmm. There's no way to connect anything with these people. And there has not been anything in any newspapers or any credible source. These are all just Internet sites that have a story.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, so I guess here's my kind of end thoughts on this story is I do think that the most credible story for me as far as when the mom started to have these dreams was when they moved to California. That's the most believable to me. And to have something happen when it's been years since the the in since the person passed away again it just seems to me like there could be a little something there as far as um the 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 soul of uh Julia you know being um disturbed right and and wanting to reach out and maybe she felt like she wasn't really I don't know though that she was having trouble because her body wasn't decomposing the way that you're supposed to, or maybe um,
0: Philomena just missed her daughter. Well,
1: it's moving also away possible. from
0: her too. I mean, you know I don't know it just to me this does not seem credible at all
1: Mm-hmm. so there's that piece that we each have our own uh and then for the body part um again i there is a part of me that thinks there are scientific explanations that can can be why uh, her body was preserved. I don't necessarily think that she was preserved because she was a, a saint. Um, uh, I'm sure she was a, a great person, but uh, I don't know that she was a saint.
0: Wait, wait, are you taking my side in this?
1: No, I think she was corpse cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay, think she okay. was overly embalmed.
0: <laughs> I think that's about it. That we have for well, the Italian bride. I, didn't know I oh. have
1: uh-uh, I have to okay. say my part about the ghost stories, okay, yeah, so I think that, um, I think that I am gonna take your side a little bit in this one because there are no names anywhere. Uh, I mean, all these stories, people keep repeating these stories, but they're the same stories on every website, and there are it's it, unlike Resurrection Mary where we have actual police reports, where we have people's names that have um, publicly said, I saw this ghost. We do not have that with the Italian bride. So while I like to think that she's a helpful spirit that is hanging around Mount Carmel Cemetery, I don't know for sure that she she is. I think when they Mm. reburied her, that her soul was probably put to rest and, and, and hopefully she's just there as a as a a beautiful tomb and with some amazing pictures
0: yeah, another zombie <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know what? why don't we let the people decide this? Of
1: course, as always
0: so we're gonna post a poll. It'll probably be something really simple again um asking you what your what your thoughts are
1: yeah, and we'll talk about it next episode for sure definitely. And, you know, you can still vote on that Resurrection Mary poll.
0: Actually, it'll be closed when this episode goes live. Sorry, Uh -uh. Rebecca. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so, um, you know, I thought we would uh, talk about something else to close out the episode.
1: Yeah, I like this idea.
0: Yeah, I was thinking maybe we would share some podcasts that we're really interested in. Definitely. Uh, First, though, I would like to mention that... um, I'm in a couple other podcasts. I'm in uh, Surreal, Season 2. I was also in Season 1. And I'm in Freak of the Week, uh, Season 2. I was not in Season 1 of that. Um, And me and Rebecca are in another podcast called Mr. Wiggly's Moist and Happy Friendship Garden.
1: (laughs) Yay! Yay!
0: Uh, These are all comedic um, podcasts, whereas this one is a real voice. This is, you know, this is who we really are Yeah. and those we are playing characters in. Mm-hmm. Um Rebecca, do you have any podcasts that you really love?
1: Uh I you know what I do? I I am a, obviously I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh but the one I'm probably most obsessed with right, right now is Last Podcast on the Left. Oh yeah. Uh which, you know, like Last House on the Left, so definitely kind of creepy. Um not quite the same as ours. They don't necessarily do ghost stories, but they do Talk about like serial killers and they talk about, um, UFO sightings and Bigfoot hunters, all sorts of fun stuff. And they're, they're, they're really funny guys. And, uh, it's a real fun podcast to listen to. How about you, Pat?
0: Do they have a skeptic on that podcast?
1: Oh, yeah. They're all skeptics on that podcast. Well,
0: then they're not even close to us. We have a believer. Well, there is a believer.
1: There is a believer too. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Now there is. Now that I, (laughs) now that I said that. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, um, you know, this is maybe not one of my favorite podcasts, but I've really been enjoying it. Uh, I just discovered it. I just kind of stumbled upon it the other day while doing some research. Uh, it was. It's called EPH-612. Uh, I really can't get into too many specifics because Ooh. it would all be spoilers to this.
1: Wow, that sounds creepy. Yeah,
0: but it is kind of metaphysical in okay. nature. You know, it's it's one man. Telling you what he believes is his truth. Okay. Um, although I would argue, you know, some of those things could be explained by science, but um, he really believes. And, Ooh, sounds know,
1: like my kind of guy.
0: Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: So, uh, you know, I want to say that um, in two weeks' time, we are going to have another podcast out. And uh, this one is going to be about, do you want to give it away?
1: bachelor's grove
0: yeah we did a day of the dead celebration our ghostly's first live event mm-hmm. uh, with Memorium development and um people it, like there was a lot of great people there i really really enjoyed talking to these people but every single one of them asked us if we were going to do an episode on bachelor's grove
1: yeah well we are responsive we are responsive to the people we want to give you what you want yeah so. we're, a,
0: we're definitely a people's podcast
1: absolutely So that's where we will be going next. And again, just putting the call out there, go to the website. Not only are there polls there, but there is a contact page as well. You can send us an email. You can uh, put in a a note for us. We want your votes as far as upcoming stories, upcoming episodes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Definitely. We could have all kinds of fun contests once we start getting people to, you know, Send us their stories. And mm-hmm. you could also reach us at info at ghostlypodcast.com. Yes. Or if you want to reach me, it's Pat at ghostlypodcast.com.
1: And I'm Rebecca at ghostlypodcast.com. So com. So Funny, they support. all just kind
0: of link together They there. do. Yeah. Um, so I would also like to ask one thing. You know, we don't get paid for doing this. This is not something that we receive any kind of monetary uh, income from. This all comes out of our pocket, which I'm fine To uh, do, but I would love for you to go on iTunes and rate us and review us. And that would help us get more listeners. And the more listeners, the more feedback. The more feedback, the better episodes we're going to have.
1: Absolutely. And uh, subscribe if you haven't. We appreciate it. Yeah,
0: definitely. So I guess that was it.
1: I guess that's it.
0: I win another one. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We will see. All right. We'll see you in two weeks.
1: Can't wait.